K-A-L-W. Hi, everyone. This is Joe Kirk. These days, I work for a housing nonprofit helping people find shelter. But when I was incarcerated, I was one of the founding producers of Uncuffed. When I was on the inside, I didn't get many letters. But when I did, it felt like Christmas. Now that I'm out, I'm having trouble keeping up with the people that I write. They don't have much contact to the outside world, so they're writing furiously. If this is your first time listening to Uncuffed, usually we play stories and conversations recorded inside prison. But almost a year into the pandemic, everything inside a prison has changed. Nearly 200 people in California prisons have died from COVID-19. Visits from loved ones aren't allowed, and the guys in Uncuffed can't access their usual recording equipment. So today we're bringing you the voices of people outside of prison who have loved ones on the inside. You're going to hear the letters they're writing to their friends and family. This is our second episode of Letters from the Outside, and this time you'll also hear from someone you might know from previous episodes. Which call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I get a letter that's like this most intimate thing you can get. Like somebody took 10, 15 minutes out of their day to put their thoughts down on a paper for me. And like that little kind gesture to me is like the biggest, the biggest excitement throughout my day. That was Edmund Richardson, one of the uncuffed producers at San Quentin State Prison. He's really close friends with Adamu Chan. Adamu is an artist and activist who, until about three months ago, was also incarcerated at San Quentin. Since Adamu got out, he's been living in Berkeley, and he's made sure to keep in touch with his friends who are still incarcerated, including Edmund. I'll let Adamu take it from here. Every day when they do mail call, like you're expecting to get a letter, you know, the correctional officers go through the mail, sort it, and then hand it out to folks. Bring it, either bring it to the cell or they, you know, call over the microphone. And so, yeah, every day is like you're hoping that you get called. You're hoping that you get some kind of word from the outside, some affirmation, you know, some good news, anything. My precious Tui, it's been almost a year, Valentine's Day, since we last saw each other in visiting. You know, I say that everything I know about love I learned in prison, and it's even more true today with this endless COVID lockdown. I so respect how you guys look out for each other and always ask how I'm doing out here by myself. You've been on quarantine now for several weeks, and I know it must sometimes remind you of the trauma of decades in Pelican Bay Shoe with no yard or calls or kind human touch. You've endured so much in humanity, and yet your faith uplifts us both. I'm so proud of how you program, and this isolation will end. A funny thing to share, yesterday I put out the last of the dried-out giant sunflower heads for our squirrels, and wouldn't you know, Scamper somehow dragged it off to the corner and gorged his little body on the black seeds. I so wish you could see them chasing each other around the yard, hanging upside down on the bird feeder, and then, oh gee, our cat watching all this craziness like it's an action movie. I'll send you pictures for sure. 
I love you, my husband, and I live for the day I can kiss and hug you and win our next thumb wrestling match. We must never take a moment together for granted. Be safe and well, by your side always. Happy Valentine's Day. Love, Becca. Hey, Daddy. How is everything? I hope you're doing okay. In February, on your birthday, will be an entire year since we've seen each other. Wow. Every weekend, I reminisce the routine of visiting. Once I get into the visiting room, I scan the room and go grab our seats, and then debate on whether I should get your popcorn coke and a couple of Bibles now, or wait till you come out so we can grab those things together. But I always choose to wait till you come out because it's another activity that we can do together. It's like shopping. Remember when they had those fried chicken dinners in the vending machines? Those were the best. One big piece of fried chicken, corn, and mashed potatoes. And you'd always want two or three of those dinners, but were hesitant to ask me since they were so overpriced, but I'd happily get them for you every single time. Hanging out, eating one of our favorite foods next to each other, enjoying the moment, and you just look so happy eating the heck out of that fried chicken. I swear you'd eat the bone if you could. And we'd walk around outside and just forget that we live apart. I miss you cooking for me. I remember when I was little, I would literally wake up to the smell of bacon cooking. You'd make French toast, pancakes, or sometimes just a big bowl of cereal. We were always big lovers of breakfast. Until this day, breakfast is still my favorite meal. God willing, we don't have much longer being apart. You'll be able to cook again, and this time, I'll have the opportunity to really watch you cook and have you teach me all that you know. I love you and miss you very much, and I hope to hear from you soon. Stay safe. I got a letter from my man Edmund, CSP San Quentin, San Quentin, California, 94964. Yeah, that's familiar. I remember um, addressing my... I've known Edmund for over two years now, a little over two years now. Um, I met Edmund in San Quentin in the Shakespeare program. Uh, we were both aspiring actors. But I think how we became close was um, through filmmaking and through the First Watch program at San Quentin. And we began spending like every day with each other. He's actually my best friend. And uh, it's really exciting to get a letter from him on the day before his birthday. So I'm gonna go ahead and open this up. Here it goes. Uh, Adamu. Adamu. I hope this letter finds you surrounded by your loved ones and with a deeper appreciation for your freedom. How are you doing? What's the adjustment to the streets been like for you? Man, when I got the news that you would be going home, a flood of emotions overcame me. I was excited, anxious, and sad. The bittersweetness of the moment, realizing that the man whose soul I fell in love with over the last couple of years would no longer be near me. It's hard to take on the weight of the world alone, but with you, everything was bearable. I'm truly happy you're home where you belong. 
As for myself, I'm doing good. I mean, every day that I wake up is a blessing, you know? I have no complaints. Okay, that's a lie. It's been nine months and some change, and I still can't stand this modified program and 23-hour lockdown. Then to add insult to injury after quote unquote recovering from COVID-19, I have not been the same. I'm what you call a long hauler, still suffering from the after effects of the virus. Around three months ago, I started to have heart palpitations, pressure on my lungs and my short term memory was gone. No, is gone. The one thing that I hate the most is that I can't sleep. Anyway, the doctor diagnosed me with mild depression, prescribed me three milligrams of melatonin and referred me to mental health. I still can't sleep. I know you suggested I see a therapist a long time ago and honestly, I should have taken your advice. It's been a minute since I heard your voice. So when we talk now over the phone, it's awkward. Awkward because my body, my senses are searching for you, but you're not there. I think starting this friendship without using technology to communicate forces us to connect on a deeper level. I miss the sound of your laugh. I miss how you would get mad at me for stepping on your shoes because I was always randomly trying to hug you. I miss seeing you in the morning. I remember you made some sushi and put too much wasabi and I bit into it and almost died. <laughs> Let me be clear, spicy is not the same as lighter fluid being lit in your nostrils, lol. <laughs> I have memories like this one that are a constant reminder of how much I value our relationship and more than anything, how much I miss you. I love you, your best friend, Edmund. Hi babe, how are you? I'm so happy you're feeling a lot better from having COVID. I was so worried about you. I felt helpless not being able to take care of you. Everyone out here is fine. Jessica started her new job. She said it's boring. I told her at least she's getting paid good money to be bored. I've been sending emails to the governor, senators, CDCR, and more. I promised you I'd be by your side and be your voice and I will continue until you come home. You are my world. You are always on my mind. I sit here and pray that you come home soon. I want to thank you for being my rock, even from the inside. I love and miss you so much, but remember, I want you to keep your head up and stay strong. Love always, Juanita. Jason, my Jason. It's a full wolf moon tonight, and of course I'm thinking of you. And then I looked into what was going on astrologically, and well, babe, it's not good. Apparently we're heading into a universally challenging and dramatic time on the relationship front. Could be turbulent. That sort of made me giggle. I mean, right now we got three states, a viral apocalypse, and a whole bunch of steel and concrete between us, and we are golden. I say bring it on. Anyway, my love, I'm just sitting here with my dad deep in the Rocky Mountains talking about you. He wanted to say hello. Oh, Jason, I'm Charlie, Yvette's dad. We're sitting here in Bozeman, part of the Gallatin Valley where the Gallatin, Madison, and Jefferson Rivers converge to form the headwaters of the Missouri River. It used to be a magical place. However, cruel fate decided that the rest of the world would find it. And now half of California has moved here. 
Fortunately, the ranch is 450 miles from here, and I'm headed home. Cows are way easier to live with. I'll show you someday what paradise is like. Take care. Mm, thanks, Dad. Okay, babe, I'm going to wrap this up for now. As always, my Jason, I love you. Yvette. Dear Christian, I can't tell you how excited I am that we're in 2021. Seven more months and you are coming home. I know you are experiencing some fear and anxiety about this, but like we've talked about, this is normal and okay. You have a supportive family and positive environment to come home to and will help you get through this transition. At 26, you're still so young and have an entire life ahead of you. You're smart. You'll catch up with the world quicker than you think. It sucks we're in the midst of a pandemic, but hopefully by the time you get home, enough people will be vaccinated and there will be some sense of normalcy. I know the family promised a big family vacation to celebrate you coming home and will for sure do it. Just the way things are, I think Hawaii may have to be postponed. It's been way too long since we've been able to visit and see you. I don't want the next time we see your face to be when we're picking you up to come home. But unfortunately, at the rate we're going, it just might be. Please stay safe, continue following the COVID protocols, and let me know if there are any books you want me to send. Talk to you soon. Love you so much, and I miss you. Love, Auntie Tina. All right, so I'm going to respond to Edmund. It's, it's his birthday. And I think this letter took about two and a half hours to type. I don't have great handwriting like he does, but I think going through the process of actually writing the letter was really difficult um, because I know how much a birthday means and I know that it's a celebration that should be shared with uh, family and loved ones. And, um, you know, I, I hope that uh, Edmund was able to celebrate in the right way. And so I wanted to express that in this letter. Edmund, I hope you're doing as well as possible despite the circumstances. It's your birthday today and I'm thinking about you intensely, wondering how you're feeling, what you're eating, who you're with, and if you're laughing, a deep, joyful laugh that comes from deep down in a place untouched by the prison. Maybe I'm an idealist, but it feels like a radical act to celebrate your birthday in prison, to reclaim that part of yourself that is beyond any conception of a cage made for a human being. My hope is that today your joy doesn't feel contained by the walls that surround you or the judgments of those who don't know you because they've been taught not to see you. But I know that's a tall task. I was there and I know that the most difficult thing to overcome is this realization that the prison has gotten inside of us, that it has built walls between parts of ourselves, imprisoned our most precious gifts and obstructed the vision of our true purpose. It is something that I struggle with out here in the quote unquote free world, where I see shadows of the prison everywhere in this new Bay Area that I've entered. The Bay Area, and I'm sure this is true of all urban spaces across the US, is a place where every home, every business has a Black Lives Matter sign, but I don't see many black people in the Bay Area anymore. 
And this leads me to thinking about how this place called the Bay Area is police, who's allowed to be here and who's not. And then from that, what I'm doing here, how I'm policing my own self to fit into some norm that makes my presence here acceptable and not a threat. And when we cut off part of ourselves to better fit into the spaces designed to contain us, we move farther away from ourselves, become less of ourselves, and ultimately become part of the prison itself. Sorry, did that get a little too abstract? I think I just wanted to make the point that the relationship that we built, our friendship, has been key to disrupting all of this. It is where I'm able to be my truest self, where I learned the practice of accountability and care in relationships, where together we played a part in creating a vibrant arts and academic community on the inside. But most importantly, our relationship allowed me to see beyond the walls that blocked our view of the ocean and horizon to see myself outside. I love you, brother. <clears throat> you don't even know. Thank you for sharing all of your precious stories with me. Even though, even though I know you only gain the power of storytelling through suffering, I'm happy that you are finding ways to care for yourself in spite of such dire circumstances and in the absence of much direct support. Know that you are always here with me and I am always there and I will do everything in my power to see you are home sooner than you think. Happy born day, Edmund. I love you. Adamu. My love, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder, but that mere absence is what at times hurts the most. We miss you every single day. I wish things were different, and I look forward to the day, God willingly, sooner than later, that you get to meet our newborn son. He just turned eight months, and he sleeps with a picture of you in his crib. I am constantly showing him pictures of us, and he gets the biggest smile on his face when he hears your voice on the phone. I feel he remembers your voice from when I was pregnant, and you would constantly be talking to my belly. Our daughter misses you so much as well, and every time someone asks her about you, she breaks down and starts crying. It's heartbreaking. I have not heard anything since your friend of yours called to inform me that you were tested positive and they were taking you out of the building. I pray that you're okay and I know that God is so big and he is taking care of you. In a few weeks, it will be one year since I last kissed you and felt your warm embrace. I hope you love all the pictures I send you of our son. I try my best to capture all these special moments for you when he tries different foods, when he sits up and crawls, and he is now trying to walk. I tell him he is, he is so big and strong like his dad. You already know that I'd go anywhere for you. I'd go to the end of the world if I had to. You are my everything. I love you so much. Your wife, Neva Magana. Dear Omar, damn. Like I told you in my previous letters, shit's been crazy, but it's not all bad. Minus the coronavirus and the turmoil it's caused the world, I've managed to finally get myself out of this super toxic, abusive relationship 
This whole experience has forced me to look at myself and learn how to love the person staring back. I have so many opportunities coming my way. I'm on three different boards and committees trying to give back to the community. As I always say, someone gave me hope, so it's my turn to do the same. I also got this job at Starbucks. I modeled for the shoot a few weeks ago, and now your boy is in a magazine. See, it's crazy how quickly lemons can turn to lemonade. I was super down and depressed, but I fought through it. And now it feels like all my dreams are coming true. I say all that to say this. You're loved, Omar. You're smart, ambitious, handsome, and talented. I spent seven years of my life incarcerated and started over countless times. You could do it because as long as the days stretch in there, it's all temporary. Focus on you and your dreams. And when you're out, you have a brother and a best friend right here, ready to help you. You're loved, my boy. Don't be so hard on yourself. You still have your whole life ahead of you. Love, Daniel. Hi, my love. It's with a bittersweet heart that I write this letter to you. Each day that passes is one day down and one day closer. On the other hand, it's been 311 days since I last physically saw you. 311 days since I woke up early, did my hair, and got dressed to the nines. 311 days since I last made you lunch at the microwave, prayed with you, embraced your kisses, and of course, beat you at all those card games. 2021 will be the first time in six years that we will be able to embrace outside those walls. God has truly protected and blessed our family. Come with me, grab my hand, and envision 2021. It'll bring new beginnings and the world is ours. I look forward to the simple things in life, like going to bed with you, praying with you, waking up in the morning to feel the warmth of your body and to know that you are there. We have been on one hell of a journey, high highs and low lows. But remember, you can do this. You have overcome 24 years of incarceration, countless things that I can't even fathom. I am blessed that you allowed your heart to be open for me to come in. I love you lots and I miss you tons. Love always, your wife. The prison isn't just the physical walls that um, keep folks from their communities. It's also like this ideology that like people are separated, that these people over here are bad and these people over here are something else, right? And so part of that is, yeah, my responsibility to folks that are still inside and for them to know that they're still part of this community. This, we're still part of a greater community. I try to overcome like these 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 artificial boundaries that 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 seem like they exist. My baby, I hope this letter finds you knowing how much I love and miss you. It is so surreal to think that after nearly 10 years on this journey together, we will finally be able to enjoy our marriage together at home. It breaks my heart to think that you have spent 21 years, more than half of your life away from home, as you served your life sentence. Finally, light at the end of the tunnel, and it feels so gratifying to see that shining hope of endless possibilities. 
It has now been almost a year since we last seen each other due to COVID, and unfortunately, it's easy to see how that time apart from the one you love most could break anyone. Thankfully, your love has kept me resilient and focused on our future. I am so proud of the man you have become. Choosing you and your love in the midst of darkness was the best decision I have ever made. You are the best decision I have ever made, and I promise to continue choosing you all the days of my life. Forever yours, wifey. Blaine, good morning, my handsome husband. I just wanted to take a moment out of this crazy day and these crazy times to tell you how much I love and miss you. This has been quite a year. We may be physically apart, but our love and our bond has never been this strong. We haven't seen each other since March 8th, 2020, yet I feel closer to you than ever before. I am so proud of you for all of your accomplishments. This time last year, you were applying to fire camp, and now you have completed the fire camp training and were sent out for over 80 days straight, fighting some of the worst fires California has ever seen. Not once did I hear you complain. You continue to amaze me with your resilience and dedication to providing for your family. You are my best friend, my soulmate, my life partner, my husband, my future baby daddy, my everything. The countdown is on, baby. After over 14 years behind those concrete walls, we are down to 108 days, 9 hours, 14 minutes, and 23 seconds until we will be in each other's arms again. But who's counting? I can hardly wait to see what our love set free will look like. I look forward to going to sleep in your arms, waking up in your sweet embrace, starting a family with you, buying our first house. Baby, the list goes on. Thank you, God, for your blessings and for gracing us with the most beautiful love story there ever was. I love you so much, baby. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and I will see you very, very soon. Yours truly, your wife, Christina Bowker. So, uh, about to drop uh, this letter off to Edmund. Had to drive a couple blocks to go find a, a mailbox. But um, I think it's something to be said about the lengths that folks go to keep these relationships alive. You know, we can't just pick up a phone and call them or send them a text message or send them an email. You know, it's really important for me uh, to know that Edmonds knows that he's supported out here and um, that these words reach him. Um, so I'm hoping that this letter finds its way to him soon. About to drop it in here. I put some pictures in there and also some stamps so he can write me back or write whoever he wants to. So uh, yeah, hopefully this letter gets to him. Hopefully it gets to him quick.
Those were the voices of Adamu Chan, Becca Tuitatsi, Tanya Crooks, Edmund Richardson, Juanita Roina, Yvette Yarger, Tina Marie Del Rosario, Neva Magana, Daniel DeSano, Darcy Jackson, Michelle Morero, and Christina Calderon Balker. This episode was produced at KALW by Adamu Chan, Nina Gensler Debs, Angela Johnston, Pat Masidi Miller, and Eli Wirtshafter. Our theme music is by David Jossi. KALW's training program in prisons is supported by Transformative Arts, formerly known as Arts and Corrections, and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. If this is your first time listening to Uncuffed, go back and check out the rest of our stories. I'm Joe Kirk, and thanks for listening. <laughs>